This week we had Vacation Bible School, just a great week in the life of our church, it really was. And uh, they needed help in preschool, so they came and got me Sunday afternoon and asked me to do preschool. And, and so I spent the week uh, with those little guys. And, you know, if you really are feeling down on yourself, uh, preschool is a good place for you to work. You flash a smile, hand out a cookie, and then all of a sudden you're just a rock star. And so that's, that's what I experienced this week. Uh, just I had, uh, uh, we had several of us in there working with them, but we had 20 preschoolers in our in our group and so we had a great week with those preschoolers and at one point we went out for recreation and went over here in the grass and one of the activities they had planned for them in recreation they had uh, a path a zigzagging path set up with cones and they put them all in pairs together and they put on these glasses that were all covered up you couldn't see anything and uh, the pairs uh, one preschooler would uh, arm in arm lead the other preschooler through the through the cones and through the maze and so as I was watching them being led through this path that they couldn't see I thought isn't that a beautiful picture of what God does in our lives he asks us to trust him and he leads us in a path which we cannot foresee and yet because we know who's leading us we don't have to be afraid we don't have to be stressed. We can put our trust and our faith in him. In Hebrews chapter 11 that we've been walking through, uh, different examples are given of faith. And I, I think that it's pretty evident when you look at the statements that are made about these people and, and the details that are included is that with each one, a different aspect of faith is being emphasized. And with Abraham... And, of course, we know that Abraham was just a giant in the Old Testament. And there's so much that the Bible could have mentioned about Abraham. But what it selected for the Hall of Faith here was just a very brief account about Abraham being willing to go to a place even when he didn't know where he was going. And in Abraham's life, it, it emphasizes to us that aspect of faith, of being willing to trust God to go into the unknown. It's that attitude that one Old Testament prophet had when he said, Here am I, Lord, send me. He didn't know where he was being sent, did he? When we put our faith in God, he calls us to all kinds of of unknown places sometimes physical places sometimes relationships opportunities ministries god calls us into all kinds of different areas into the into the unknown and faith involves being obedient to that call to that call to serve in this area or that call to step into this relationship or or maybe even that call to to pursue a ministry that at this point is completely undefined. And so most of us, we like, we like certainty in life, don't we? We like knowing what's coming. We like knowing that everything is taken care of. But in life, there's so much uncertainty. We, we, we don't know what our health is going to be next year. We honestly don't know what the economy is going to be next year. 
we don't know if the pandemic is truly an endemic or will there be another variant that will cause us great problems? There's so much uncertainty about life and about the future. But this is the beauty of faith. We find certainty in the person that's leading us through. That leads us to obey him, even when he calls us to unknown places. And so today we're going to look at a man who exemplified that for us, whose name was Abraham. Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to look at verses 8 through 10 today. Would you join me in standing as we read this together? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8 says, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, listen to this, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise, for he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Let's pray together. Father, help us today to be moved and inspired by the example of Abraham, who was willing to follow you even when he didn't know where he was going. May we have that kind of trust that will lead us to that type of obedience. For it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So living by faith means obedience uh, even into the unknown. Now, as we look at these different examples of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, there certainly are distinct emphasis in each example. However, there's also a theme that runs through that you'll find faith connected to obedience. You see, faith and obedience are absolutely inseparable. And so the Bible says about this man Abraham, by faith Abraham obeyed. He obeyed. Having faith in God leads us to obey God. There are many reasons that we might obey. You know, when a police officer pulls you over and he says, step out of the car, please. We obey because we don't want to escalate the situation, right? We don't want to get arrested. We don't want to get a ticket if maybe we don't have to. That, that's why we obey. When, when a, a school teacher tells you to do something, you obey most of the time because you don't want the consequences of parent conference or perhaps some kind of punishment. There's a lot of reasons that we obey. But God doesn't want us to obey him for those reasons. God wants us to have faith in him, to believe that he knows best and that he's leading us into what's best and that we can trust him. So faith and obedience in the Bible are absolutely uh, inseparable. Think about the examples that we've looked at so far. Abel had faith in God, and therefore he obeyed God and followed his directions on how to offer a sacrifice. 
Noah had faith in God, and therefore he obeyed God and built an ark. Abraham had faith in God, and therefore he went where God sent him, even though he didn't know yet where that was going to be. That's what faith looks like. Faith leads to obedience. One scholar, McDill, this is what he wrote about this. Quote, The concepts of faith and obedience are so inseparable in Scripture as to be two sides of one idea. There can be no authentic obedience without faith, just as there can be no authentic faith that does not result in obedience. End quote. I think McDill has it right. Abraham had faith in God, so therefore he believed. You see, God's call in our life creates a moment of decision. We either accept God's call in obedience or we refuse God's call in rebellion. It's really as simple as that. God's call is not like many earthly things. We, in, in earthly matters, we, we hear something and we negotiate. We make a counteroffer. We come up with a better plan or a better idea. But when it comes to God, we're in no position to do so. We're not even equipped to figure out a better way. We don't even know everything that lies in the future. And we're certainly as the creation in no place to negotiate with the creator. This is why faith always leads to obedience. When Abraham was told to go, Abraham believed, therefore he went. When Abel was told how to sacrifice, Abraham, Abel believed, and so therefore he followed the directions and he offered a better sacrifice than Cain. When Noah was told to build an ark, he built the ark. Faith and obedience go hand in hand. And so when God calls us, we have to make a decision. Are we going to listen or are we going to reject what God has called us to do? The example of Abraham is just a beautiful example that God will often call us to follow him in the places we've never been, don't understand, and can't foresee. I just think about, uh, about my own life. And the things that God called me to that I just never would have dreamed, never would have chosen. And, and perhaps you can say the same. When I was in college, Suzanne and I, my wife, we were in a, a middle school ministry. And w one of my mentors there that was leading that ministry, he gave me a, a poem. I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but for almost 30 years, I've been inspired by this by this poem and I think it greatly illustrates what Abraham was doing and what God is calling us to do so listen just to a moment for this poem it's called the road of life at first I saw God as my observer my judge keeping track of the things I did wrong so as to know whether I merited heaven or hell when I die he was out there sort of like a president. I recognized his picture when I saw it, but I didn't really know him. But later on when I met Christ, it seemed as though life were rather like a bike ride. But it was a tandem bike. 
And I noticed that Christ was in the back helping me pedal. I don't know just when it was that he suggested we change places, but life has not been the same since. When I had control, I knew the way. It was rather boring, but predictable. It was the shortest distance between two points. But when he took the lead, he knew delightful long cuts up mountains and through rocky places at breakneck speeds. It was all I could do to hang on. Even though it looked like madness, he said, pedal. I worried and was anxious and asked, where are you taking me? <laughs> he laughed and didn't answer. And I started to learn to trust. I forgot my boring life and entered into the adventure. And when I'd say I'm scared, he'd lean back and touch my hand. He took me to people with gifts that I needed, gifts of healing, acceptance, and joy. They gave me gifts to take on my journey, my, my Lord's and mine. And we were off again, and he said, give the gifts away. They're extra baggage, too much weight. So I did to the people we met. And I found that in giving, I received. And still, our burden was light. I did not trust him at first in control of my life. I thought he'd wreck it. But he knows bike secrets. He knows how to make it bend and take sharp corners. Knows how to jump to clear high rocks. And knows how to fly to shorten the scary passages. And I'm learning to shut up and pedal in the strangest places. And I'm beginning to enjoy the view and the cool breeze on my face. With my delightful, constant companion. Jesus Christ. And when I'm sure I just can't do any more, he just smiles and says, pedal. Well, I don't know if that poem speaks to you like it does to me, but I think of Abraham, that God took control of his life. He called him to go to a place. He didn't even know where he was going. But by faith, he went. And you and I today know the rest of the story that God would take Abraham and he would build from him a nation through which he would send his son that would forever change the world. Abraham did not know where he was going, but God knew exactly where he was going to take Abraham. I want you to notice the second thing that we see about Abraham. Living by faith in a future promise, it, it means uh, living like a foreigner in your present reality. Here's what he says in verse 9. By faith he went to live in the land of promise, let's notice this, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob. Heirs with him of the same promise. Esau was there also, but he's not mentioned because he didn't become heir of the promise. He gave up his birthright. I want you to think for this, about this for just a moment. Some of you here in the room have been to Israel. And 
we've seen the ruins, the places. Others of us, we've, we've looked at the map since Bible school as a kid. It's all the Holy Land laid out. But God did not call Abraham to go to Israel. Instead of going to Israel, Abraham went to a place that God would transform into Israel. When Abraham went there, it certainly wasn't what it is today. And it wasn't what it would be during the reign of Solomon or King David. It wasn't a nation. It was just a wilderness filled with pagan nations that worshiped other gods. And yet God was calling Abraham to go there, not because of what it was, but because of what it would be. It takes faith to follow God to places that don't exist yet. But that's what faith looks like. He calls us sometimes to, to literal places, other times to opportunities and ministries that, that don't even exist yet. He calls us to look forward in faith to raise a family that, that we don't have yet. But this is what faith looks like. And Abraham knew as he was in that place that would become Israel, that that ultimately was not his home. And what he saw around him was not what God was promising. He had not yet received it. And so the Bible says that he lived like a foreigner in, in tents. Now, I know that a lot of nomadic shepherds in Abraham's day lived in tents. But I think the Bible mentions it here to emphasize the temporary nature of Abraham's dwelling in any particular place there. You see, God was calling Abraham to believe in something and to seek something that didn't even yet exist. I think about God calling him here. And Israel, Israel was Abraham's grandson. He wasn't even born yet when God called Abraham to the promised land. But yet Abraham went by faith. When we think about God's call in our life, it's, it's as though God hands us a blank canvas and promises us a masterpiece. Now, if, if you only live by sight, you just look at the empty canvas and you say, there's nothing here. This is just a blank canvas. Nobody hangs it up on their wall and says, oh, yeah, would you like to come see my blank canvas? There's nothing on it. We don't, we just, by faith, we know that God, one stroke at a time, is going to create this masterpiece. And this is what Abraham does. He goes to a place 
where there's not yet any godly nation, where he doesn't even have any children, takes his nephew Lot, and he believes that God is going to do something. Living by faith means not becoming discouraged when we have the blank canvas, but by believing in God, we know that someday something so much more will exist. So Abraham goes to a place that doesn't yet exist, and he lives there as a foreigner. Second, or First Peter chapter 2, verse 11, listen to what it says about us not confusing this present world with our future hope in Christ. It says, beloved, I urge you as sojourners. Sojourners, a person that's just wandered around on a journey. Sojourners and exiles. An exile is a person that's been cast out of their homeland to live in another place. He said, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Faith in God means looking around at a present reality and realizing this is just not my home. I'm just a sojourner. I'm just an exile. And that's why I don't just live for the passions of this world because I know there's so much more. Abraham is able to go to a place that doesn't exist because he, he believes that God is going to do something. So when you respond to God's call in faith, you look everything around you as temporary and provisional because you know that God is doing something in your life that is greater than your present possessions or circumstances. So it means when my body becomes weak and painful, I'm not without hope because I know that a new resurrection body awaits me. When I'm overcome with guilt and shame, because once again, I've proven like the Apostle Paul that although I desire to do what is right, I don't have the ability to carry it out. Yet I'm not without hope because I know that in heaven, I will no longer have a sinful nature. So how do we, how do we do this? I mean, how can somebody really, truly believe with all their heart in something they can't see don't know about, maybe doesn't even exist yet. What would motivate us to live by faith? One of the things that we see in Abraham that motivated him was a focus on the future. You see, a focus on the future gives us strength to live by faith in the present. And so it says in verse 10, for he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. He was looking forward to the city that has foundations. A lot of people have really gotten off track in their life by spending too much time looking at the past and not looking into the future. It's okay every once in a while to glance in the rearview mirror and look at where God has brought you from. But in order to move forward, 
you have to keep your eyes focused on what lies ahead most of the time. And Abraham, as he entered that place that would become Israel, he looked forward to the city whose designer and builder is God. You see, Abraham knew that what he saw was not the final design. It was not the fulfillment of the promise. Everything that God was doing was still in process. So when I begin to look to the future, and when I say the future, I don't mean worrying or wondering about what lies ahead. I mean focused on what God has promised and described. Then that moves me and it enables me to have faith in God, in my present. Here's what Jesus said about how we should live. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. He said, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Notice the temporary nature of earthly treasures. It's not that they don't have any value. They're just temporary. Verse 20, here's what he said. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. The only way to live our life focused on laying up treasures in heaven is to have an absolute confidence that heaven exists, to believe that God is real and he rewards those who seek him. And when we begin to focus on that, that future focus will change our present living. I want to ask you today, where would you be willing to follow God? You know, almost every person that I've known that was called into ministry, vocational ministry, had no idea what God was calling them into. I can remember uh, my youth pastor growing up. Uh, he, had, uh, he had a great personality. He had done really well, and he got involved in sales. And uh, I don't think we have a lot of sales reps. But